Okay, come follow me, week eight, part B, Second Nephi chapter eight. And so now, this is going to be the Lord now speaking. Um, we continue on with Isaiah. Um, well, or, or at least the messenger speaks the word of the Lord as if he's the Lord. I, I, I interpret it that way. Hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness, look unto the rock from whence ye are hewn. Okay, what's um, what, what's the rock from which they're hewn? Well, the rock used to be in the in the oldest parts of the Hebrew Bible, Shaddai. Shaddai was the rock, the mother, the heavenly mother. Um, but uh, in this case, it's going to be the the earthly mother, the the beloved, um, you know, heroic. Uh, Great ancestress of um, of Israel, right? So, so hearken unto me, ye that follow after righteousness. Look unto the rock from whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit from whence ye are digged. This is just ancient imagery. What can I say? Uh, verse two: Look unto Abraham your father, and to Sarah she that bare you. For I called him alone and blessed him. So he, so the Lord is saying, be like these righteous ancestors. Three, for the Lord shall comfort Zion, he will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden. Eden, of course, meaning delight. It's the garden, right? And her desert like the garden of the Lord. That's the Eden, right? So it's poetic, you know, uh, symmetry there. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Four. Hearken unto me, my people, and give ear unto me, O my nation, for a law shall proceed from me, and I will make my judgment to rest for a light of the people. My righteousness is near, my salvation has gone forth, and mine arm shall judge the people. The isles, or maybe the coasts, um, either, either one, habitable place, the habitable places, right? The isles shall wait upon me, and on mine arm shall they trust. Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. Now, this is not God reversing creation and exercising his power as a divine warrior. This is just the this is the normal course of things. The earth is going to get old just like people get old. So why does the earth get um, why is it compared to getting old like a garment? Well, because creation was woven, right? Creation was woven by wisdom, right? And then people will die the same way, meaning this is the usual thing. Everyone's going to, but my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. Now, now um, people have uh, have looked back on the history in the Old Testament and said, well, you know, the old. Old Testament prophets didn't know anything about an afterlife or anything like that. No, that's not true. That's not true. Here it is. This is certainly the way that Jacob interprets it. He's going to talk at length about uh, resurrection and things like that in the, in the next uh, chapters, right? Uh, so here it is. The earth will die, wax old like a garment. People will die the same way, but my salvation shall last forever. See? My righteousness shall not be abolished. Verse 7, Hearken unto me, ye that know righteousness, the people in whose heart I have written my law. Fear ye not the reproach of men, neither be ye afraid of their revilings. For the moth shall eat them up like a garment, and the worm shall eat them like wool. But my righteousness shall be forever, and my salvation from generation to generation. So it's the same, same sort of thing. Don't, you know, 
don't uh, fear man who's, gonna, who's just immortal. He's going to die. Not like me, uh, God is saying, right? Okay. Now, here's a here's a per person shift again. Uh, and now it's not the Lord talking. It's going to be people call. It's going to be people calling on the Lord. Starting in verse nine. Awake, awake! Put on strength, O arm of the Lord. Awake as in the ancient days. What ancient days? The really, really ancient days. The primordial days, right? The days before the earth was even created. Art thou not he that cut that hath cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? So, uh, so these uh, the forces of chaos that that Yahweh battles to be able to form to establish the world, order the world. They're seen as uh, dragons. Right? This is where we get our, you know, Satan is a dragon imagery, right? Or a snake, things like that, right? 10. Art thou not he who hath dried the sea, the waters of the great deep, that made the depths of the sea, uh, that made the depths of the sea a way for the ransom to pass over? Again, this should, this should be personal names. Are, are you he that dried up Yam, right? The waters of the Tahom, right? So this is God, this is uh, Jehovah conquering chaos. Verse 11. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy and holiness shall be on, upon their heads, and they shall obtain gladness and joy. Sorrow and mourning shall flee away. So they're, they're saying, you know, uh, oh God, where, where art thou? Where's, you know, where's the pavilion that covers their hiding place? C come out. Where's your arm? You backed on your arm. Let's see it. We need you. <laughs> right? It's kind of what they're saying. Make us a way to pass back over into Zion. Now we got a person changed to verse 12. I am he. Because they asked, Art thou not he that cut Rahab and wounded the dragon? He says, I am he. <laughs> but then, then it's a change. I am he that comforteth you. Behold, who art thou that thou shouldest be afraid of man? Who shall die, and the son of man who shall be made like unto grass. Uh, in Isaiah's time, they weren't calling Jesus the son of man, by the way. So it's the different son of man. Okay, uh, this is like a Adam and Adam's sons, right? <laughs> Adam, right? Um, Thirteen. And forgettest the Lord thy Maker that stretchedest forth the heavens. So again, we're back to the creation and laid the foundations of the earth. Often often the world is described as, well, we've talked several times about the world being described as a building of a temple, right? And, uh, and God comes along and checks the dimensions and the straightness of the lines, things like that, and knocks it down if it's not appropriate and says, oh, go again, right? Um, but but in, in this, he's describing the foundations of the earth as the foundation of a building, but again, stretched forth the heavens because the, the heavens in this in this analogy are a cloth; they're, they're made of fabric, right? Okay, so that's that creation image again. And forget us, the Lord thy Maker, that has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundation of the earth, and hast feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if you were ready to destroy. And where is the fury of the oppressor? The captive exile hasteneth that he may be loosed and that he should not die in the pit, nor that his bread should fail. So this is, this is Israel. Uh, you know, uh, well, it's like uh, you haven't been destroyed yet, have you? You, you still exist, right? 
Your bread hasn't failed, right? I'm coming. <laughs> Verse 15. But I am the Lord thy God, who, whose waves roared. The Lord of hosts is my name. I have put my words, and I have put my words in thy mouth. So now he's, um, he's, he's talking to the servant, right? And I have put my words in thy mouth, and have covered thee in the shadow of mine hand, that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundation of the earth. So, so again, um, it's, it's always this reconstruction, deconstruction, reconstruction, just like we went through in the Old Testament. Uh, every new act is a new creation, right? Behold, thou art my people. And, um, and you, you remember we talked about the, the flood, all the, all the verbiage is there for this, for after the flood, to be a new creation, right? Well, there's all these little mini things, these little mini new creations and destructions that happen. 17. Awake, awake, stand up, O Jerusalem, which hath drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. Thou hast drunken the dregs of the cup of trembling run out, and none to guide her among all the sons she hath brought up, neither that taketh her by the hand of all the sons she hath brought up. So, like, which, which of the children of Israel is going to save Israel? There doesn't seem to be anyone around. All these, you know, capable young lads, uh, Israelites, uh, none of them seem to be up to it. Well, there's going to be two. Um, and this is verse 19. These two sons are come unto thee, who shall be sorry for thee, thy desolation and destruction and the famine and the sword, and by whom shall I comfort thee? Now, in my view, I think this is the Messiah ben Judah and the Messiah ben Joseph, Jesus and Joseph Smith. That's my opinion. I, and, of course, this was in accordance with Jewish legend that there would be uh, a Messiah, the son of Judah, the Redeemer, and a Messiah, the son of Joseph, the Restorer. And, um, and well, the last section we talked about, um, even in Joseph, uh, sold into Egypt, his day, he says, you know, the Lord's going to raise up from my seed a righteous branch. Oh, the branch, the Messiah, the Redeemer? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, not the Messiah, but another one, a seer, one that will affect the gathering and so forth like that. Well, this is just where you expect to see Joseph in all this talk about the gathering. So these two sons, uh, I, I, I think, and from other evidence, I think are Jesus and Joseph, the Messiah, the Redeemer, and the Messiah, the Restorer. 22. Thus saith the Lord, the Lord and thy God pleadeth the cause of this people, of his people. Behold, I have taken out of thine hand the cup of trembling, the dregs of the cup of my fury. Thou shalt drink it no, thou shalt no more drink it again. But I will put it into the hand of them that afflict thee, who have said to thy soul, Bow down, that we may go over. And thou hast laid thy body as the ground, uh, as the street for, uh, to them that went over, meaning the people walked all over you. <laughs> they walked all over you. Well, um, now they're going to get what they gave out to you, right? Um, which is kind of the natural course of things. And, oh, boy, we got to make sure we're not, <laughs> you know, that we're not oppressing others so that we don't have have to drink that that bitter cup. Uh, we, just, we just look around and we just make sure that we're dealing respectfully and lovingly with the people that surround us. Um, and so, you know, I, I, 
I have said and speak very freely about you know, the great and abominable church and people that act as agents of, of evil in our society. And that's absolutely true. But, but kindness and respect to everyone uh, so that we never have to worry that we get, you know, turn about as fair play and, and, and we get treated that same uh, oppressively. Oh, and now we have endowment language. This is so good. This is so good. Verse 24 and 25. Awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Now remember, he's addressing, he's addressing uh, Zion, Jerusalem, he's addressing the nation as a, as a woman. Put on thy beautiful garments. These beautiful garments are temple garments. Um, they're the kind of beautiful garments that, uh, that Isaac, you know, um, uh, that Isaac had, right? Um, uh, the, well, the, the sacred garment that was passed down to Joseph and stuff like that. It's, it's these kind of beautiful garments. Um, For henceforth there shall, there shall no more come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Shake thyself from the dust, arise, sit down. What? What? <laughs> arise, sit down. Get up, get back down. Get up, get back. No, it's not that. What is it? Well, Isaiah takes this out of order because he thinks we, we know um, but we, we require a little bit more reconstruction. Let's take the last phrase, phrase first. O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of thy neck. So the first thing that has to happen to the captive um, is they have to have the chains taken off of them. Then they have to shake themselves from the dust. Then they have to arise. Then they have to be washed, anointed, and clothed in their beautiful garments. And then they sit down, not on the dust, but on the throne. See, see, they sit down, but it's exaltation to a throne. right? So he gives it all out of order because he figures we know what's going on. It's not. Remember that the uh, all around the Near East, including in, in Israel, the king every year had to go through this ritual that, uh, that presaged Christ. right? Christ descends from heaven into the dust, you know, led around a captive, uh, knelt to a cross and all these things, right? Uh, and then ascends back up to heaven. So it's descent and ascent. It's this temple narrative. Uh, well, here it is. You're, you're the daughter of Zion, right? Or Zion or Jerusalem or however he's phrasing it. You're captive. So you, you've descended to the very lowest that a human can be and still be alive, right? You're a slave, right? So what do we do? Take off the chains. Stand up out of the dust. Dust yourself off. We're going to wash you. We're going to anoint you. We're going to put on these beautiful garments. And then you're going to sit down up here on this on this uh, throne. That's the endowment. O Jerusalem, loose thyself from the bands of the neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Okay, well, we'll pause and then go on to chapter 9 next. <laughs>